Okay, good morning, Groove Rats, Deplorables, Delcons, Morons, Slackers, uh, and everyone else out there. This is Adam Pickett, Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 36, um, here in Melbourne. Uh, we're going to get straight into it. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Australian politics today. So, look, my overseas listeners can view this as a way to get educated a little bit. Um, I think it's going to be interesting for everyone because Australia reflects what's going on in, in the rest of the uh, Western world. Uh, the US is in front. Um, the UK is not far behind. Um, and France and Holland uh, are probably about to go screaming to the forefront. Um, but Australia is going through the same machinations um, uh, as the other countries. So I, I just need to comment because this last week in Australian politics has been... Um, interesting in the sense that uh, seeds that were laid uh, were embedded in the earth 20 years ago are now um, beginning to fruit. Uh, and we're seeing the same pushback to traditional left and right politics uh, that has taken place uh, elsewhere in the world. I just want to state for the record, um, I wrote a piece yesterday uh, on this that was published on XYZ online magazine. Uh, and I saw a comment on, uh, in that I said that Trump is not a conservative. And I saw a few comments taking me to cut, task saying that he's a conservative. He's not. Because when we talk about conservatives, you have to talk about conservatives as they are today. Not as they were 50 or 60 years ago. Because that's like comparing apples to oranges. Conservatism today does not even, even in any way, shape or form represent uh, in it, what, it, what it originally was. But it's been trading off that for the past 40 years as it's been steadily giving ground to the left. Uh, Donald Trump is not a conservative because to say Donald Trump is a conservative, you have to put him up against Paul Ryan and the rest of the ilk. And it's just not true. He's something else. He's a complete break. He's a uh, insurgency as such. I think you'd have to go back to 1776 for the last American election um, which has uh, such a break um, with the ingrained power structure, uh, uh, at least in America, the last 70 years post-World War II. So Trump is not a conservative in any way, shape or form. Um, he's a conservative in name only. In fact, I don't even think he's doing that. Find me, find me somewhere where Trump said he's a conservative. I, I, I can't remember him saying it. And if he did say it, he's lying to you. Or he's not lying. He's, he's engaging in, tr in classic Trump misdirection. Conservatives have, have spent the last 40 or 50 years just giving ground. Ever since 1968 and the, and the, and the, and the demonstration, student demonstrations at Berkeley University, ironically enough, considering what went on last week with Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos. Ever since then, conservatism has, has been about seeding ground. Because... The left, the progressive left's only real argument is to name call, is to call people names. So you're racist. Oh no, we're not. We're not. Look, look. We really like the black man. This is what we'll do. Look at all the stuff we're doing. And they, and they just bit by bit implement leftist ideology and water down conservatism. Oh, you're you're homophobes. Oh no, we're not really, really, really. Look, look, look. What we'll do. And we've got the progressive, the gay mafia to the to the point where. Uh, Christians are uh, uh, basically arrested 
for refusing to bake cakes. Um, oh, you're misogynist. Oh, no, we're not. Look, 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 look. And, and on and on it goes. And every time the Republicans or the Conservatives are doing it in the hope that they'll get to the point where they've arrived, where the left will say, okay, now you're okay, we can stop name-calling you, and now we can debate stuff um, using logic and reason instead of rhetoric, which just goes to show how stupid conservatives are because that moment was never going to arrive, ever. And conservatives are still locked into that. They're still paying lip service to that because they've swallowed the lies. They've swallowed the lies of multiculturalism. They've swallowed the lies of Islamophobia. They've swallowed all of these lies to the point now that they believe them themselves. They think that that's what conservatism is, and it's not. It never has been. Donald Trump has not swallowed those lies. Donald Trump knows. Donald Trump's something completely different. He's left field, and that's the only thing to break this apart, which means that every conservative thinker and writer and politician of the last 30 30 years is on the trash heap they're still writing they're still talking they're still broadcasting they're still in politics but it's over they're all dead men walking it's over because they are infected they've been infected with the progressive virus to the point that they're mouthing the leftist platitudes And so now we get to Australia and we're seeing the same thing here. So 20 years ago in 1996, Pauline Hanson burst upon... She she ran a fish and chip shop in suburban Brisbane. Mother, kids married, uh, and she just had enough of what the conservative politicians were supposedly saying. She had enough of seeing conservatism sold down the river. She wasn't articulate enough to be able to summarise it in a, in a coherent manner. But she spoke to middle class Australia and lower middle class, I should say, lower middle class uh, and working class Australia. And they voted for her in the millions, in the millions. And she rode this huge wave into parliament and she got absolutely crucified because... The Conservative Party at the time didn't understand which way the wind was blowing in 1996. Hardly anybody understood the way the wind was blowing. And they knew that they could just throw the same names at her that the left had thrown at them. And that's when you know, guys, that conservatism has failed. When you see so-called conservative politicians... Attempting to dismiss and disqualify people with with ad hominem attacks. Racist, misogynist, sexist, homophobe, Islamophobe. Out they all come, out they all come. Racist was the big one. Racist, racist, racist. Of course, that word now means nothing. It means absolutely nothing at all, which is why the left have now gravitated to Nazi and literally Hitler. That's all they've got. Uh, And a little segue here, I, I find it supremely ironic that the same leftist progressive idiots who run the BDS is it BDS um, uh, movement against Israel 
and who are hardcore anti-Israel, at the same time running around trying to tar their enemies with the uh, the brush of being a Nazi. I just does the cognitive dissonance. Does it at what point does it break in? Well, it never breaks in. Let's be honest. It never breaks in at all. So back to the point. So conservative politicians labelling uh, people on their own side. And that's the point. The conservatives have moved, uh, the so-called conservatives have moved across the line. Think of a line left to right. Um, and they've moved towards the left, taking the centre of the right towards the left, so that a politician who comes in and now stands where in the 1950s would have been the centre, is now way out in the far right because conservatives themselves moved towards the left. It wasn't the left that moved the conservatives along. It was the conservatives themselves as a result of trying to appeal to the left. So now a real 1950s conservative pokes their head up and starts saying the things that in 1950s Australia wouldn't even got you to bat an eyelid and suddenly all the conservative politicians, opinion makers, speech writers, columnists and broadcasters are turning around. You can't say that. You can't say that. So we saw this, we saw this, this week come to a head, a few, a few couple of things. Now, first of all, let's go through it. Number one, and just for my overseas listeners, just this is confusing, but the Conservative Party in Australia is called the Liberal Party. I know, I know, I know. Uh, but they fucked up their name, or or the the term liberal has been completely, um, you know, denigrated. Just like words like gay, gay used to mean happy. Um. So, Corey Senator Corey Bernardi, who's been a member of the Liberal Party for I think ten years, has been hinting on, uh, for the past six months that he was going to break away, and form his own. Uh, his own party. Now, I'm on his uh, mailing list, and I, I have to admit, I'm going to say it right, and I think this backs up my argument even more. Um, I've been a hardcore Cory Bernardi fan. I own a copy of Cory Bernardi's The Conservative Revolution. Here it is Conservative Revolution. Uh, on the front, we have a uh, dedication from Australian columnist Andrew Bolt. Bernardi opens up conversations others want closed. Uh, an, un- an unapologetic advocate for mainstream values, Corey Bernardi presents a bold vision. Blah blah blah. blah. There we go. Oh look, I've got, I've got uh, a bookmark in there. It's an old boarding pass. I love it when I use old. I love it when I use old boarding passes as bookmark. It's kind of, it kind of you know, it says something. Perth to Melbourne, uh, 2014. Uh, oh yeah, that's when I was going across to do some work over in Perth. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll put that back on the shelf. Okay, so been a big Cory Bernardi fan. On his, I was only on his only on his mailing list because I wanted to be on his mailing list, not because I wanted to be able to use it as ammunition. But let's get to why I'm no longer a Cory Bernardi fan in the space of one week. So Cory Bernardi does uh, well. He announces it was a week ago today, I think, that uh, so I'm recording this the day before I put it out um we could today that bernardi announced his formal resignation from uh, the liberal party to stand as an independent um which was no great surprise to anybody we all knew it was coming 
and he was, did this because uh, he he held a press conference, um, which I linked in my piece, uh, and because it's on YouTube, and. The reasons that he stated for, for leaving the Conservative Party, the Liberal Party, is it's, it's lost its way. It doesn't understand what conservative is. Conservative is, is. It only just got power, literally scraped in by one seat at the last election, but it hasn't learned its lessons from uh, from that. It's just going on as if it's all business as usual, and it's it's hemorrhaging voters, traditional uh, conservative voters, left, right, and centre. Um, and because it just hasn't, he, he gave it a chance. He said he gave it, I mean, when was the last, when was the Australian election? It was probably about six or seven months ago. So he's given it a chance. Then he was in New York during uh, the US election and he spoke to some key staff members on Donald Trump's campaign team. Uh, and it was seeing the election over there, speaking to the Trump um, advisors uh, that inspired and propelled him to come back uh, resign from the Liberal Party, stand as an independent, and form his own political party, which is going to be called Australian Conservative Party, which is much easier to be able to tell to my international listeners than the Liberal Party. So there we have it. So, so far as I was con- concerned, so good. So how did it all fall apart in one week? Well, first doubt I had, the first real doubt I had um, was the, the press conference, which I watched live the first thing that Corey Bernardi said in his press conference to the assembled media was uh, something along the lines of I'll be here for as long as you guys have got questions for me now that just tells the assembled media right then at that point that the Bernardi is depending on them Trump wouldn't have said that Trump would have got the media running after him Trump would have turned it around and said, I've only got five minutes, you guys you guys better hurry up on this, I'm busy. Bernardi was just saying, I'm not busy, I'm depending on you. It's like picking up a girl. It's exactly the same thing. Trump handles the media like a, 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 a very game-aware guy handles picking up a girl. Bernardi was like a beta male. Oh, you're really, 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 really great. I want to hang around you. You're the best-looking girl I've ever seen. Snore. And of course, most of the reporters are around 24 years of age, and most of them are girls. And straight away, straight away, they just started running rings around him. And they were just, anything he was saying, they were doing the traditional, what media's always done, the mainstream media's done, twist his arguments around, straw man arguments, non-secretors, put stuff in his mouth that he didn't say. And every time he was polite and brought them back to where he was... No, this is what I actually said. No, this is what I actually said to... And I just was watching it thinking, Donald Trump wouldn't have handled this this way. What lessons has Corey Bernardi learned from Donald Trump? As far as I can tell, absolutely nothing at all. He hasn't learned anything. He's just, he's just using the same stock standard Australian conservative deal with the media lines that we've been watching for the last 30 years and tearing our hair out. The media ran rings around him. They ran rings. Bernardi didn't run that press conference. The media ran that press conference. As soon as Bernardi said, I'll be here for as long as you guys have questions. I'm here all day. It's also saying, I've got nothing else to do now. I've got nothing else to do. 
He basically he basically did that because he was thinking, oh, I better get my media attention while I got it because they're not going to be listening to me next week. So I watched it and I was thinking, oh, shit, this is not good. This is not good at all. But then at the end of last week, we had a Q Society dinner. A Q Society is a, is a conservative organisation. I'm not a member of the Q Society. I wasn't at the dinner. Um... And they're raising money for uh, a woman who's being sued by a halal halal certifier, meat food certifier, some Islamic food certifier company that she called out, and they're now suing her um, for saying what she said in an attempt to shut shut it down. So it was fundraising attempt for her, and I need to find out more about this. I do need to find out more about this. But at that uh, private function private function, there was about 150 people present apparently in Sydney, um, was a um, cartoonist by the name of Larry Pickering, who's also a writer, and Larry Pickering's, Pickering's been around from the 70s, uh, and Larry Pickering told a joke, something along the lines of, um, oh, we can say one thing for the Islamists, at least they throw gays off buildings. Um, is that insulting to Islamists? Yes, who cares? Is that insulting to gays? Only if you're stupid. Because Pickering obviously was making a point about all you progressives who are saying that Islamists are wonderful. Well, a lot of you progressives are gay and look what they do to gays. So put two and two together. All hell broke loose. Uh, all hell broke loose in the media. Uh, and, it was, and it was where the all hell broke loose that was fascinating. Because it wasn't in the leftist Fairfax media. It was in the conservative media. Specifically, Andrew Bolt and Tim Blair, the two most conservative Australian uh, opinion makers. And if I just go to my blog here, and I apologise for the sounds that my cheap-ass mouse is making after my cat ate my good mouse. Bloody this scroll thing. It really is. Uh, I wrote a piece called Bolton Blair Don't Believe in Free Speech After All. Um, Bolt's headline on his piece was Defenders of Free Speech Must Damn Pickering. Isn't that a contradiction in terms? If you're a defender of free speech, you don't damn anyone for what they've said. Full stop. You just put your arguments in if you don't agree with them. And you let weight of merit speak for themselves. That's all you've got to do. But no, defenders of free speech must damn Pickering. And Bolt is obviously damning Pickering here, but he's also saying to other conservatives and so-called defenders of free speech that if you don't damn Pickering as well, well, must means have to. That's what the verb means. Uh, no choice in the matter. It means you're not... So, Bolt's being a sanctimonious prick here. He's, he's setting himself up as uh, the arbiter of what of what defenders of free speech are allowed to damn or not damn, as if you should be damning anything as a defender of free speech in the first place. Jump across to Tim Blair's side, and he's got a headline, Larry's Latest Leap Too Far. Nice attempt at alliteration there from Blair. 
and I'll just I'll just click on it because Blair's one was very short, but while Andrew Bolt's piece went on and 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 on, Blair's was just Larry's latest leap too far. He's an extremely gifted cartoonist. However, dot dot dot, there's a reason why this site has never linked to Larry Pickering, and the word "reason" is a link to Andrew Bolt's piece, and that's it. This is this is the old style schoolyard freeze out by Blair. He's saying that Pickering, Larry Pickering, is not cool enough to hang out with them. He's not going to go in and he's just going to say, "Oh, there's a reason why we never link to you, Larry Pickering. There's a reason why we never give you air. There's a reason why you're not with the cool kids." Both Bolt and Blair are bullying Pickering, but I consider Blair's bullying to be the more insidious and nasty type, even though he's only got two lines. It's much more effective uh, than what Bolt was saying. So let's go for the quote that I used from Bolt's article. Shame on all the conservatives and libertarians who did not howl him down when he said that while, quote, I can't stand Muslims, they are not all bad because they do chuck pillow biters off buildings. Pillow biter is Australian colloquialism for someone who's homosexual. I prefer shirtlifter myself or pilot of the chocolate runway, but, you know, each to his own. So it's not just damn Pickering, but howl him down. Howl him down. Well, look, two weeks ago at Berkeley University, Milo Yiannopoulos, who Andrew Bolt likes to have on his program occasionally, was howled down before he even got to speak by a mob that then rioted and destroyed a whole bunch of streets. And Bolt wrote about that, saying how terrible it was, but now Bolt wants to howl down Larry Pickering before he gets a chance. What's the difference in howling down between someone who's not allowed to, doesn't even get to speak, or when someone's halfway through speaking and get answered, there is no difference. If you're howling down someone, then you're howling down someone. These are now, and I'm now putting Bolton Blair in the I Believe in Free Speech But Brigade. If you are all for defending free speech, but then you say, I believe in free speech, but as soon as you come across some free speech that upsets you, you don't believe in free speech. Because defending free speech only counts when you encounter some speech that upsets you. It's your behaviour at that point which clearly betrays your true feelings on the matter. And both Bolt and Blair have come across some speech that upsets them and they want him held out, excuse me, and damned. Which means that Bolt and Blair don't believe in free speech. Because they're a member of the I believe in free speech but but brigade. That's the only thing, only thing you can take from that. So, how does this tie in with Corey Bernardi? Well, Corey Bernardi got in on the act. What did he say? Uh, Outspoken independent Senator Corey Bernardi has hit out at cartoonist Larry Pickering and former Liberal MP Ross Cameron, who, by the way, was also at uh, the Q Society uh, function, for delivering an own goal 
in quotes, against conservatives by making, quote, totally inappropriate comments at a controversial fundraising dinner. There you have it. Conservatives attempting to police their own based on what they've said. Conservatives doing the left's own dirty work for them. The left, the left, the left must think just, just like, like, if I was on the left, I'd be, I'd be lying back and laughing my head off. Look at this, we don't even, look at, look at how they dance to our tune. And that's when I knew it's all over for independent Senator Cory Bernardi and his Australian Conservative Party. It's a dead man walking. It's dead before it's even begun. Because Bernardi has learned nothing from Trump. There is no way in hell that Trump would have come out and said that. Absolutely no way in hell. Bernardi believes that we can save conservatism by damning conservatives in our midst for saying things that are deemed unacceptable by the left. Conservatives have become so inured to the progressive left political agenda that they parrot it as their own and use it to police their own ranks. Now, here's a really interesting thing. Marine Le Pen, the far-right nationalist leader, in France, and France is going to election very soon. This week also released her first campaign advertisement. Um, and a commenter at a centre-right blog, Cadillacy Files, took issue with the clip because Cadillacy Files posted it, and his comment was this. Interesting, Le Pen had wall-to-wall whiteies in her video. You think she'd have at least a few tokens from the colonies. Most of them are productive, industrious Frenchmen. Now, as I wrote on my piece, this is completely incorrect because no natives from French colonies are Frenchmen, productive, industrious, or otherwise. I don't care whether they're from Morocco or Algeria or Vietnam or Senegal or whatever colony that French France had. As I said, a native Algerian is no more a Frenchman than a native Frenchman is an Algerian. This is the great multiculturalism lie, and multiculturalism has been a complete betrayal of Western civilization. It's said that all cultures are the same, so we may as well bring in all these people, and they'll all be, they'll all be good whiteies. We can make them good whiteies and pat them on the head. And it's not the case. Witness in Belgium that the terrorist attack on the uh, Belgium airport, which everyone seems to have forgotten about, they fucking blew up Belgium International Airport and machine gunned people down. I don't know how many people they killed. It was only last year. The attackers were third and fourth generation immigrant children, or sons of immigrants, three or four generations down the line. It was no coincidence on Le Pen's first uh, campaign advertisement promotional clip that there are only white people in the video because only French, only white people are French. Just as only black people are Ugandan, 
just as only Asian people are Japanese. And so on, and so on, and so on. A black man from Senegal who's been living in France for 30 years is not French. A Turkish immigrant from Istanbul who's been living in Berlin for the last 30 years and has got his own kebab shop and all of his kids have grown up there is not German. I lived in Italy for 10 years. I learned Italian. I only... 99.9% of the people that I hung out with, was friends with, worked with, associated with, were Italians. I made an extra effort not to associate with expats while I was there. I didn't join any expats associations. I didn't go to join in any expat clubs. I got invited time and again. I always politely declined. I wasn't there to hang out with expats. I was there to hang out with Italians. Ten years. Learned the language fluently. I can also speak the dialect. Two different dialects. Italian dialects I can speak. Does that make me Italian? No. But somehow, somehow, it's ludicrous. it would be ludicrous for me to claim that I was Italian. It would be ludicrous for me to move to China for 30 years and claim I was Chinese. But somehow it's not ludicrous for someone from Algeria to move to France and claim he's now French. Likewise, an American. If you're an American and you move to Australia, guess what? You're not Australian. It doesn't work that way. Different cultures, different backgrounds. Might be the same race. Well, I'm the same race as Germans, but I'm not. I can't move to Germany and say, suddenly say I'm a German. We're still white Anglo-Saxon Celts. Just as I can't move to France and pretend to be a Frenchman. The only country that I could conceivably move to and do this would be Scotland because my father was born in Scotland. He came out to Australia though when he was like four years old or something, at the end of the war. That's the only country I could conceivably do this. It was no coincidence that my wife and I got married in Scotland, by the way. Um, unfortunately, Scotland looks like it's going down some horrible path. Anyway, would Corey Bernardi have a publicity advertisement shot which was only white Australians? I doubt it. I doubt he wouldn't even think of doing it because he doesn't get it because he's been infected by the multiculturalist progressive lie. Le Pen understands. If you think it's coincidence that that two and a half minute clip only shows actual Frenchmen, then you're gravely mistaking. She gets it. She absolutely understands. Now, coming back full circle, 20 years ago, we had our own version of Le Pen in Australia in 1996, Pauline Hanson, as I've spoken about her before. Well, Pauline Hanson is back on the national stage. And yesterday, the Liberal Party, which remember is the Conservative Party in Australia, announced a preferences power-sharing deal with Pauline Hanson at the next state election, which is going to be held in Western Australia. Now they suddenly know which way is the wind's blowing. 
20 years ago, they weren't willing to make that. They said, no way we'll make a deal with you. Well, Pauline Hanson's policies haven't changed in the last 20 years. Now they're making a preference deal. What's changed? The public has had enough. What's changed? Trump, Brexit, Le Pen, Gert Velders, all of these things. I, I was in the gym and they had, they had the news on instead of music. And I don't know which is worse these days, listen to the news or listen to what passes for music. I was going to complain and say, you know, put the music back on. But then I was like, well, that'll just be, you know, um, fucking gangster rap. And they had a member of the Australian Labor Party. For my overseas listeners, that's the, we'll call it the Democratic the Democrat Party here. Okay. Um, making a speech castigising Liberal Party for accepting Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party preferences. Uh, going on and on and on and on about they've sold themselves out. On and on and on and on how the Liberal Party have sold themselves out and how 20 years ago they wouldn't make this deal, but now they will make this deal. What's changed? Well, a lot's changed, Mr Labor Party Member of Parliament. And what's the most hypocritical about this, and can always count on the lefts to be hypocritical, is that they've done their own preface deal with the Greens years ago. And the, the Greens are communists. The Green Party in Australia are fucking communists. They're socialist, Marxist, communist ratbags. Well, we've got a member of the Green Party in New South Wales, Lee Rhiannon, going, who's, who's a sitting member of Parliament going on record that she wants to tear down and destroy the whole parliamentary system. Why, why she wasn't put in prison for treason, for saying those words when she said them, I have no idea, but we are weak as piss in this country. Can Pauline Hanson do it? Can Pauline Hanson drag Australia out of the mire? You know what? I've got comments on my piece from yesterday saying, this is both on my site and on XYZ site and on Facebook saying, well, what's one of the comments here? I think it's on here. I'll just read it. Uh, this from Gravedigger. The situation appears almost hopeless. What will become of Australia? If Pauline Hanson is our last hope, it will not be enough, I fear. If only the Hansons, Roberts and Bernardis could find common cause and solidarity. Um, over on Facebook, what have we got? guy called Mark Irving, increasingly I find this sad but true. There will be no lower house candidates, but barely it seems there'll be more Senate candidates. Just what are we backing exactly? Um, and there's a few others as well. Look, is Australia salvageable? I think America is salvageable because there's a, plenty, a percentage of the population the amount of people that they've let in who aren't Americans since 1965 is still, the percentage is still smallest enough that I think it's recoverable if California secedes. And there you go, there's the price, there's the price for listening to progressives. You lose your country, literally. I think California is actually going to have to break away from the Union and form a separate country. There's, there's, there's too many Hispanics in there now to, to be able to recover it. I, I just don't think it's recoverable. I, I, I do think it will secede. I don't know when. I really don't know when. But uh, it might happen faster than you think. 
but Australia as a percentage of the population. Look, 20 years ago, uh, Pauline Hanson warned that Asians were flooding the country. And back then, there were 800,000 Asians in Australia. Well, you have to look at it as a percentage of the population, and this was 20,000 years ago. So, Sorry, 20 years ago. So 800,000 as a percentage of, well, 20 years ago, the population of Australia was around 18 or 19 million. Well, you do the math. 5%. That's huge. Where is it now? Well, well, as I wrote, as I wrote in my piece, and I'll quote what I said, because anyone walking around in Australia's city today who was intellectually honest and as a power of sight must concede that Pauline Hanson was correct when she said women being dangerous being swamped by Asians. She was right. I... I don't think Australia's recoverable. We've been sold down the river. The baby boomers sold us down the river. I don't. I don't think you can come back. I think we've. I think we've fucked it. Uh, I think that we still have momentum going forward, carrying us from where we were in this in in the last fifty years. Um, but I think the train's going to run out of steam. And then just slowly topple off the tracks, and and I, I predict Australia uh, will be Argentina style um, basket case economy in the next twenty years. I, I don't think it's recoverable. We just um, the Conservative Party sold 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 out their base, and that's why that's why Bernardi's doomed. It's not going to work for him, and Australians are doomed. The only, oh, it'd take blood in the streets, to quote a famous British politician from 50 years ago. It'd take blood in the streets, which is something which Australia has never had. Oh, I, I truly don't think Australia's recoverable. In an economic sense, uh, with a welfare, level of welfare that's, that's going on now, uh, the vested interests. I think we've hollowed, hollowed our society out from within and it's if you think i like sitting here and saying this as aaron clary says enjoy the decline because um if you think it's true in the u.s well watch australia which is interesting because you know uh, america's always been like a canary in the coal mine litmus test for australia because australia's always been five years behind but i think actually it's going to turn around and australia is going to become a, a warning for the rest of the western world is it, it's, it's completely hollowed out and it's just waiting to fall off the tracks I truly believe that and like I said I don't like saying it so to sum up Corey Bernardi Australian Conservatives dead in the water Pauline Hanson look if we'd listened to her 20 years ago yeah but it's 20 years too late um, Andrew Bolt Tim Blair you betrayed yourselves. You don't believe in free speech. Remember, everyone, defending free speech only count counts when the speech in question upsets you. That's it. Defending speech that you agree with is not very hard to do, boys and girls. 
It's not very hard to do. It's the easiest thing in the world. Which makes Blair and Bolt hypocrites as well. There, I've said it. You're hypocrites, guys. And you're outdated. See you later. You can still keep writing and having your TV shows and poncing around as if you own uh, the conservative playing field, but conservatism is dead. And the alt-right is what's taking over. Um, Shout-outs. Aaron Cleary, Captain Capitalism, sponsors my podcast. Um, I've taken, because um, I can't just keep saying Aaron Cleary, Aaron Cleary. I've taken to, when I'm mentioning um, Cleary and his blog, Captain Capitalism, to go over and have a bit of a click. Uh, his uh, YouTube videos that Aaron has up this week. Um, he had a movie review on John Wick. Oh, I've got no idea. It's John Wick 2. I don't even know there's a John Wick 1. I, I just... I'm sorry, look, I can, it's got Keanu Reeves there. Aaron, I'm sorry, but I'm boycotting Hollywood, man. You just, you can't be watching Hollywood films anymore with, with what, with what, how can you seriously sit down and watch a Hollywood film? How can you sit down and watch a Hollywood film after, after everything that's happened in Hollywood for the past politically and what they've been saying and getting up and saying about Trump and that Meryl Streep fucking speech? How? How? Can you not be boycotting Hollywood? So I'm going to watch that video. I haven't watched watched it yet. But um, he's also got a um, a video up called "Request Problems of a Transgendered Republican." I haven't watched that yet, but hopefully, Clary's just going to say uh, you're mentally ill. Why did he use the word Aaron, Aaron, Aaron? Why did you write the word transgender? It's transsexual, man. Why are you buying into... Why are you using the language of the left? Why are you using the vocabulary of the left? It's transsexual, man. Or, as Andrew Dice Clay used to say, trans-testicle. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, uh, what else has he got? Well, I think they're the two interesting ones, I think, from Aaron's side. Um, I was listening to Aaron have an interview on the C- Cynical Libertarian Society podcast. Uh, it was That came up in early January while I was overseas. Um, and Clary mentioned that he gets 2,000 um, customers a year on his arsehole consultancy. Um, that's pretty good business. That's pretty good business, I have to say. And I've got to take my hat off. I can see why Aaron spends a lot of time just riding around in his motorbike. But he's been at it a long time. And, you know, persistence normally pays off if what you're doing has some legs. Um, So go and check out his blog. Maybe check out his John Wick movie review and request problems of a transsexual Republican, because I think those are interesting ones. Um, and that's it for me for this week. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we'll call this the Australian politics state, state on poli- the state of Australian politics episode. I think it'll be this one. Um, and um, you guys all uh, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye for now.